Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the last episode of the year for 2021, um, the year of um, year in review. As we mentioned last time, last week, we uh, were going to talk about the year in review and just go back over what's happened this year and how the market's changed and um, some interesting points, I'd say. Yeah, so welcome everybody to the last episode of 2021 and what a year it has been here in Brisbane and it really is interesting to reflect back on the performance month by month and what was actually going on here on the ground Um, and it's interesting because this is something that we document every month in our monthly market update so it is great to be able to go back and review what our predictions were, also what um, we were seeing on the ground and how that then later reflected through to the data that came through in CoreLogic. So really excited to bring you this episode, a year in review. And as I said, what a year it has been here in Brisbane. So what were our predictions? Well, <laughs> in the, the very beginning of um, the, in our January uh, update in the months ahead, we actually just said that, um, you know, the low interest rate environment might, might actually be the catalyst for, um, you know, really strong price growth here in Brisbane. We also had strong interstate migration um, and that we hadn't actually seen conditions so perfect for growth for Brisbane in a very long time. Um, We actually said it's time for Brisbane to shine and it all looks perfectly aligned for some solid price growth. So um, anyone that was following our blog back in January 2021 and if they Um, took on the, uh, that wasn't advice, but um, took on the information that we were sharing in terms of we were perfectly aligned for growth, would be very pleasantly surprised because they would have locked in some really strong equity over the year. So we won't say we told you so, but um, look out for next January 2022, what we we think might happen for next year. But stay back on um, 2021, January 9 to 10, we went into a bit of a lockdown. Yes. Yeah, um, so Brisbane, Queensland, southeast Queensland, I think it was. Or was it all of Queensland? I can't remember. So long ago. That was all of the greater Brisbane area went into a lockdown on the 9th and 10th of January. And obviously, typically that's that would have been the first um, start to the property market um, activity or the real estate activity. So that really sort of slowed things down initially. But there was really strong buyer demand already in January. Um and, you know, when we look at some of the, the data that we were studying at that time, housing loan deferrals, deferrals are really starting to recover. Um, Queensland, in fact, was well ahead of New South Wales and Victoria in terms of the people that were repaying their mortgages. Remember all of those mortgage freezes um, and the bank's big predictions of price falls. Um, but in actual fact, it wasn't as dire as it was um, originally expected. And employment? Employment was sitting uh, still around 7.5%, um, but it was improving. So starting to improve, um, employment's still at that 7.5%. Listing volumes, um, when we start looking at properties and what was available for sale, listing volumes were down 28.4%. Yeah, so when we look at the long-term averages, um, the 12-month change, Brisbane, 28.4% down in listings. So, you know, it was an environment already where we had high demand and very low supply. So it was tipped for growth at that point. Um, But let's have a look at what happened across the month of January, because, you know, compared to the the most recent few months, uh, price growth was not as strong. And in fact, when we look at dwelling price data, uh, Brisbane grew 0.9% throughout the month of January. Now, remember, we are 
basing that on low transaction volumes and the fact that there was a lockdown in that period. But median value in Brisbane back in January was only 527,826. And that's all dwellings? That's all dwellings. That's right. So if we move into houses? So houses across the month of January um, experienced 1% growth. So already just starting to, to tick up there. Um, and the median value for houses across Greater Brisbane was 583902 And the unit market? Yeah, um, a trend that's continued all throughout the year. Units uh, only grew 0.4% across the month of January, and we had a median value of 393177 Now, I've just... I've just copied those down as we as we went because it'll be interesting to see from start to finish um i'm sure people that do follow um the market and follow the podcast will obviously understand where we've been in the last month but it'll be interesting to see what that is like over that 12 month period as we move forward through um 2022 so um obviously then vacancy rates yeah vacancy was uh, trending lower but it was still at 1.8 percent back in january um and when we look at the rental price growth that had occurred in the previous 12 months, houses were up 3.4% and units were down negative 0.3%. So we hadn't seen a lot of upward pressure in that rental space because we didn't yet have those record low vacancies. Remember, supply and demand is what drives prices, whether that's property values or rental values. So really interesting. Um, But when we reflect back on what we actually saw by being on the ground throughout January, that's a really interesting um, thing to reflect on because you know, we were already starting to see really um, high demand for properties and really sought after properties had more than 100 groups through in the first week of listing. So we already saw a lot of buyers out and the number of buyers that we had observed out in January had escalated when we compared that to the later months of 2020. So it really did start off um, in our market here in Brisbane with strong buyer demand and that's just a trend that has not changed throughout the year. I do remember I think both of us were together in an inspection um and it was it was so hot um on a on that I think it was a January day actually um and we were at a property lined up out the front with all these people and the lineup was down the street. So it's funny when you do look back that far, the lineups and things like that, um they were the sort of things we were experiencing when we we're actually out on the ground looking at property. Yeah, and I think as we move into the month of February, um, you know, domestic migration was accelerating at that time into southeast Queensland. Remember, there were no border closures um, at that time. And we actually saw real estate or all of the views on realestate.com showed that housing demand was at record highs for Queensland. And compared to the prior year, um, the number of views per listing was up 45.1%. So there was a real interest in Queensland property by February 2021. Um, and obviously, we saw a follow through off the back of that demand. Um, also, you know, in a low supply environment where prices have rapidly escalated. So yeah, February uh, listings were still down 28.9% compared to the um, period 12 months prior. Um, And, you know, I think that the other things that we've also got to consider is is what was happening in terms of news and things. So COVID vaccine started to roll out, um, albeit a little bit slow, um, but the start of the the vaccine did start to roll out. Um, And back in February is when actually Brisbane was announced as the top choice at that stage for the Brisbane, uh, sorry, for the uh, 2032 Olympics. Um, So top choice um, were announced as that. 
Interestingly, though, you know, that's not when people um, started to inquire about buying in Brisbane because of the Olympics. That that was later in the year when the official announcement came through. But let's have a look at what we were um, doing in, in terms of price growth throughout February. So just, just before you do, do do that, actually, Westpac did predict in February um, 20% growth for 2021 and 2022. So that was uh, Westpac put that out then as well. Um, so, yeah, prices, dwellings. Interesting that prediction when we look back now and we've um, we've smashed that even in the nine months since then and that was a two year prediction so just goes to show we can't all rely on bank predictions to be accurate but look price growth throughout February this year um, Brisbane started to grow a little bit faster we had one point five percent price growth in dwellings across the month the median value then was five hundred and thirty five thousand six hundred and eighteen. And our price growth was behind that of Melbourne and Sydney. Um, their monthly growth was higher at that time. So, you know, the larger markets in the South did um, have price acceleration that was stronger earlier in the year. And of course, Brisbane has taken over in the back end of the year. An interesting trend that we did observe back then is that price growth was fairly consistent across all segments of the market. So, um, the lower, the mid and the higher segment of the market were all between 2.3 and 2.8% price growth. So the top end was the highest. Um, the low end was actually at 2.5% in the middle and then the mid, mid range, so the, the middle 50% of property uh, values, um, that grew 2.3%. So fairly consistent across all price points in terms of that growth. It's interesting how that's changed when we look at what we know now. And what we go back to in, in say what February, how how that has changed in that segment has actually changed dramatically um, compared to that. They're, they're actually pretty even through that section in February. So, um, so housing prices. Yeah, um, across the month of February, we saw houses grow one point six percent. So that was definitely ahead of units once again. Um, and then when we look at unit prices, um, units grew one percent across the month of February. So we won't quote the median values for everything. Um, Obviously, just the trends are, are what's important here. And vacancy rates? Starting to recover, tighten even further. By February, we were down to 1.7%. Um, so remember January, 1.8%. So definitely a downward trend starting to emerge there. Um, also, we started to see a slight improvement in the annual rent um, changes. So in the housing sector, rents were... Um, had increased 4.2% in the 12 months up to the end of February and in the unit market um, had recovered to 0.5% rental price growth, whereas at the end of January, we were still in negative price growth there. On the ground, I think it was pretty similar. We were still doing lineups, um, weekends, Saturdays were just chaos. Um, lineups down the street, you had to, you know, I think that stage, we started to change inspection times. So we went from the 30-minute um, slot to about an hour simply because we couldn't get the people through the door. It, it just was taking so much time that agents started to spread those inspections out and we actually had to um, allow a lot more time for inspections. Yeah, and I think that um, a, this is when multiple offer just became very common and multiple offer, not just with one or two other buyers, but uh, we were reporting multiple offer alongside more than 20 other buyers. So we really saw a spike in the number of active buyers in the market by February. Um, and, you know, we, we were starting to comment on the fact that because prices were starting to escalate and we were seeing that on the ground that others that may have been rela relying on settled sales data from months prior um, needed to apply a stretch factor. And at that time, we were reporting that depending on the location, the stretch factor 
um, based on previous settled sales needed to be between 3 and 10% over um, the settled sales information, which is indicating that the market was moving between 3 to 10%, um, you know, based on settled sales. So that's an interesting um, reflection that, you know, we were making those predictions that we do need to stretch to secure properties at that time. Um, you know, it might have felt like a stretch at the time for some buyers, but looking back, it was definitely, um, you know, a, a good thing to do. So March? March, obviously, by the time we got to March, um, housing markets throughout the whole country were actually surging. So there was a broad range of positive factors that were continuing to drive this. Of course, record low interest rates were one of those. Um, and the Reserve Bank at that time were clearly stating that interest rates were not going to be rising again until inflation was well back within the target range of 2 to 3%. Um, at that time, by the time we got to March, the federal government had ended the fiscal support for the JobKeeper arrangements. Um, at that time, there was a lot of predictions that this would mark the time when property values would plummet. Um, however, the loan deferrals fell um, to 0.5% of total loans. So there really were not a lot of people at that time that were in financial difficulty. So despite the dire predictions, once again, that property values must fall when JobKeeper keeper ends, that just simply didn't happen. And, and I think it, back in March, there was also an increase of, of advertised for jobs as well in Queensland. So there was a lot of jobs being advertised. Property markets were obviously, obviously going a bit crazy um, with all those lineups and the amount of people out and about buying property. So what did that do on the um, the value side of things? Yeah, we started to see prices creep up 2.4% growth throughout March um, in all dwellings. Now, when we look at the housing market, 2.6% growth in the housing market across that one month um, and in the unit market, 1% price growth. So this is a consistent theme um, throughout the first three months three months of the year. So an increase in those prices, as, as you said, consistently, probably jumping a little bit. What about the vacancy rates? Did it follow? Yeah, vacancy, <laughs> vacancy rate, rates continued to tighten. So down to 1.5% Um by March. So, you know, we definitely started to see more and more renters um, occupy the available rental properties, um, potentially people returning from um, other areas to occupy properties that were previously rental, so fewer properties available, but vacancy was continuing to tighten at that time. And the rent side of things? Yeah, rents continued to creep up in the housing sector, 5.2%. Um, annual rent price growth and in the unit sector, 1.1% um, price growth. So you can see that trend emerging where vacancy rates were getting lower uh, month by month and then therefore rents were starting to creep up. We still had a lot of lineups. Um, I, I remember still going through that part of the year. There was a, a few months there where we still had those lineups. Um, people were still lining up. multi offices were still popular. Um, the auction side of things started to pick up a little bit as well. Yeah, auctions were not always a traditional way to sell here in Brisbane, but I think the urgency at the market and the number of buyers and the competitiveness of the market um, encouraged some sellers to take properties to auction. But what we also saw back in March was the four-week um, auction campaign, which was typical or traditional here in Brisbane. We were starting to see auction campaigns um, as short as two weeks, which is you know incredible when you, you really think about that. There were enough buyers in the market to attract um, sufficient a sufficient number of bidders um, to run just a two-week campaign. That, that was an interesting change because I think that there was, as you said, there was so many people out and about 
that we knew that the demand was there. Agents knew that. Sellers knew that. Um, so they didn't want to sit and wait for four weeks for the campaign. They just said, look, get them in, get them out. Um, I think we actually did experience one at about a week and a half or two, maybe like as a very, very short. I don't even know if it made two weeks. Um, but, yeah, we did see those um, auctions start to, to drop down. So let's jump forward into April. Yeah, so April we definitely had an improving national economy. In fact, it was described um, as a V-shaped recovery in labour markets around the country. So that was definitely keeping consumer sentiment very high. Um, and in fact, the ANZ Roy Morgan consumer confidence rating jumped um, and remained very strong around this time. So I think that that's actually, you know, potentially what provided further stimulus and fuel to property markets. When people are feeling confident, um, when they feel more secure in their jobs, they are you know, more likely to make really large spending decisions like buying property. So, you know, we definitely had um, demand still being supported by low interest rates. We still had strong internal migration and, you know, the percentage of home loans that remained on deferral um, was down to just 0.7%. So really um, a really strong recovery, unexpected at the time, but um, definitely very positive. So a lot of pressure getting put on the market around that April sort of stage of the year. What did that do for the um, the values of things? So dwelling values as a whole across the month up 1.7% in Brisbane. House prices at that time were up 1.8% across the month and unit prices were up 1%. So again, every single month um, up until April, house, house price growth exceeded unit price growth. Vacancy rates and the rental side of things? So vacancy remained unchanged between March and April, uh, so stayed at 1.5% um, throughout that month, although continuous upward pressure on rents. So then we saw annual rents um, escalating to 6.4% in the housing market and 2.1% uh, in the unit market. So you can see that trend emerging. And Easter, I think we actually, we did go into a bit of a, a short, sharp lockdown over that Easter period, mm. um, which obviously tightened things up a bit might have stopped stopped us from going out for a change on a weekend. We might have actually had a weekend off. So, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, um, to refresh your memory, that short, sharp lockdown was actually midweek because Easter Saturday we were out and about and we were lining up at inspections once again. So the short, sharp lockdown did not seem to hamper the buyer or dampen the buyer demand whatsoever. Um, we were just all out with masks at that time. So um, really strong number of people registering for auctions throughout the month. Um, however, there's a, we did note that a lot of people that registered never actually even got a bid in and um, we attributed that to the fact that a lot of people were losing um, an understanding of what they needed to pay because we'd had such strong growth month on month. Um, and as I reported previously, if you were looking at settled sales data, it just was not going to be relevant at that time. So moving into May, we're starting into the cooler months that those people that watch and keep up to date with all the weather updates that I give, we're heading towards the cooler parts here in, well, what we call cooler in Queensland anyway. Um, how did how did things look in May? Yeah, so we reported then that um, the home buyer activity, first home buyer activity started to cool off a little bit and that may have been off the back of some strong month on month growth and uh, growth throughout the market and you know, affordability constraints for that segment of the market. Um, and we started to see a really small increase in the number of investors. And that's come through the lending data at that time. 
Um, but what we did see also is that the sales volumes had increased more than 25% in Brisbane in the 12 months up to April. So it's a, it was a sign at that point that people were buying and they're buying at a rapid pace. Um, what about and- the listing side then? Where people were buying, there's obviously a lot of people, properties, or sorry, a lot of buyers out there. What, what, what was the listing side of that doing? So the total listing volumes were still down about 30% at that time in Brisbane compared to the same period 12 months prior. So there was a large number of buyers competing for less stock. So it was a huge imbalance. And if we look at the values, so dwelling values? Dwelling values increased 2% throughout the month of May. House prices increased 2.2% throughout May, and then unit prices increased 1.2%. I think, is that the highest increase we've had? I haven't been tracking all of that, but I think around that 2.2, that's that's starting to push up for the, so far in the year? No, we've had two months where we've had 2.8 and 3.2. wow. Okay. Detail, but we'll get to that as we get to um, some of the more recent months. Um, vacancy rates um, remained unchanged again um, in May, so 1.5%. Three months they sat at that level, which is interesting. And then um, we saw annual rents um, were up 7.3% in the housing market and 2.6% in the unit market. And not a lot changed. The activity was still really strong. There were still lineups, um, masks, things like that. Um, there was still a massive amount of people out and multi-offers were very, very common then. Multiple offers, I think, have, have really stayed been that something way. that have stayed throughout most of 2021, which has been you know, something that, um, you know, a lot of buyers simply didn't understand and it's a tough market to buy in when it is multiple offer. We are hopeful that one day we do get to negotiate again as buyers agents um, and, you know, we do expect that to be sometime throughout 2022. It's interesting when when you see the trend of that type of thing with a multi-offer and the amount of people buying and you have we have talked to some agents about price guides and things like that, um, most of the time, even now, um, they're coming backwards. Well, we don't really know. What do you think it's worth? Um, so that is part of the reason that they've gone to that multi-offer side of things as well. Mm. Look, by the time we got to June, if we move forward, um, there was a lot of um, commentary around uh, or from economists uh, believing that interest rates might actually rise earlier than 2024, which is what the RBA had predicted uh, because the Australian economy was rebounding so quickly. So, um, you know, that cast some doubt for people and we saw some negative headlines once again around, you know, if interest rates do rise, that's going to really, you know, dampen growth in the property market. Um, that said, when we look at what happened throughout the month of June in Brisbane, 1.9% um, dwelling price growth in the housing sector, uh, we had 2.2% price growth. Um, and look, by this time, just in comparison to, to January, uh, we were at a median value of 657,551. Remind us what it was in January? 583,902. There you go. Um, and what we did identify at that point is that Brisbane was a much more a- affordable market. Um, and we look at, you know, the most expensive segment of the Brisbane market was still less than um, the cheapest segment of the Sydney market. And I know we've talked about affordability recently in a number of uh, podcasts. So despite the fact that the Brisbane market was on the move, um, we were still a much more affordable market compared to the other markets down south. Um, So throughout June, 0.7% growth in the unit market. So we definitely started to see a more severe segregation in growth between the two markets or different product types in Brisbane. And then the, the rental side of it? Yeah, so in terms of the vacancy rate, that had slipped 
um, even tighter, down to 1.4% um, by June. So um, that had caused further upward pressure on rents, 8.4% 12-month growth by June, and that's in the housing sector, and 3.8% in the unit sector. So on, on, the, on the ground, it sounds like it's a, it's a familiar sort of trend that I was talking about. Um, multi-offers just continued, and that's gone all the way through the year. Yeah, we started to see um, stronger demand at the top end of the market, and we reflected on the fact that this is because the current um, cycle uplift was driven by owner occupiers. So those that were in very scarce locations um, that were very desirable family homes, people that uh, potentially were working from home more than going into an office, there was very, very strong demand. And that was then reflected in um, some of the price segregation that started to occur in different segments of the market. So um, we did report by mid-year as well that there were buyers that were starting to get buyer fatigue. Um, and because of that, they were starting to really stretch just to secure properties. I'll tell you what, if the same buyers are in the market now, I don't know if you can still call it buyer fatigue. fatigue. <laughs> Exhaustion <laughs> and burnout. <laughs> it's interesting when this is sort of the time when we did start to talk a lot about people working from home. And when we talk about that segmentation of the, the market, that top end starting to move, um, as we looked at earlier, I think it was February where they're all sitting on that 2.8, 2.3, 2 2.5 roughly percent. Um, this is sort of the time when obviously the lockdowns and people starting to work from home and things like that. Um, as we move into the next month, I think that that trend does increase as well. And when we look at July, um, this is when we started to see some extended lockdowns occur in Sydney and obviously the Delta variant of COVID-19 became um, a real issue within um, those communities. Now, the markets of Sydney and Melbourne actually started to lose steam by July. And, you know, one of the factors that this was attributed to was declining affordability. But um, we also were making commentary around the fact that it could have been related to some of the more extended lockdowns in those locations as well. So um, where were we in terms of Brisbane? Um, at the end of July, we'd experienced 2% dwelling price growth um, across Brisbane. The top end of the market, even in the data, was starting to reflect um, stronger growth than the bottom end of the market. Uh, growth was not quite double um, in the top 25% um, of values compared to the bottom 25% of values. So not all house prices were moving at the same rate. Um, but when we look at house prices overall in Greater Brisbane, they had shifted 2.2% throughout July um, and the unit market had shifted um, a more modest 0.8%. So the housing market's still pretty consistent and, and obviously then the, the rental side of it dropped a little bit? Yeah, vacancies tightened further. So by the end of July, 1.3% um, vacancy rates citywide. So really tight vacancy. We were reporting at a suburb level, some suburbs were well below um, 1% um, and as tight as 0.2 or 0.3% in some locations. Annual rents the end of July were up 9.4% in the housing market and 4.6% in the unit market. So I think that was, was that roughly when we got the Olympics? <laughs> that Olympics announcement, I believe. Coming up in August, was it? I believe, um, and we, we probably should have... Um, actually researched exactly when that announcement was made before we started to record this yeah. podcast because when I look at August I know that um, the August started with a short sharp lockdown so buyer and seller activity actually stalled until the second week of the month. 
And um, obviously, being Queensland, they cancelled the ECA. ECA public holiday was usually in the middle of August for the for the show up here. Um, so obviously, those lockdowns did make some big changes just in lifestyles up here. Um, what did what did that do for prices? Did it change things? So two percent dwelling price growth across the month of August, um, still led by the top end of the market. Um, in the housing price growth, we had two point one percent. Um, and units saw 1.4% growth throughout the month. Rental side of things? Uh, vacancy rates were sitting at 1.3%. Um, annual rents in the housing market sitting at 10.1% uh, increase and in the unit market, 5.6% increase. So the, ins the inspections, we were still doing inspections, I think, at the time. Um, we, we were getting out and about, obviously, being in our business, we obviously could get access to properties wearing masks and hand sanitizer and everything like that that we had to do. Um, so we were still out and about and we were still doing that. Um, so it did make it a little bit harder for the general public to do that. Um, but, yeah, that was um, that was around August as well. And, of course, um, just reflecting back, it was July it that was the July. Olympic announcement was made, not um, in August. And, you know, I think that that definitely fueled some further interest from investment uh, buyers into Brisbane. And we've seen that. Um, filter through in the months since that announcement was made. So that was a pretty big announcement, to mm. be honest, yeah. So into September? Yeah, so supply was definitely still tight. We've been tracking sort of between 27 and 32% um, declines in listing volumes uh, throughout most of the year here. So uh, at this time, by August, we were down 28.7% compared to the same period last year. So really, really... Um, tight supply in a market where we just had such um, a depth of buyers, which is, you know, a really created really tough buying conditions. And it continued with strong migration and then obviously pushing that the amount of people that were still migrating up this way and, and buying property and looking to buy property, um, dwelling values continued in the same direction. That's right. So 1.8% growth throughout August for dwellings, still led by the top end of the market well and truly. Um, house price growth of 2%, unit price growth of 0.6%. So the same trend month on month where houses outperformed units. When we look at vacancy, vacancy rates remained at 1.3%. So super tight. Uh, rents continued to climb 10.8% 12-month growth in the housing market and in the unit market, 6.2% growth. One thing we did notice a lot in, in, in September was um, auctions and the amount of competition at auctions and how strong they had become. I know we talked about it a couple of months ago saying that it, they'd changed to that two-week um, campaign as opposed to four, things like that. Um, but the auction market did start to grow some legs and start to move as well and become a little bit more of the norm. And we were also commenting on the speed of the market. Absolutely everything was selling after that very first uh, weekend of open inspections. Often offers were closing on the same day. Buyers really needed to do their due diligence and be prepared and, you know, be bold to put forward an offer almost immediately. It was really tough buying conditions. October. So October, another um, month with, you know, much the same conditions, to be honest. Um, you know, we definitely still saw the trend where Brisbane was emerging um, as with price growth much faster than Sydney and Melbourne. And commentators were talking about affordability constraints in the other major capitals. Brisbane saw dwelling price growth of 2.54% across the month, still led by the top end of the market. 
Um, but gee, housing jumped again. Housing value, yeah, values really jumped 2.8% growth across the month um, compared to unit price growth of 1.3%. So we definitely um, saw that that huge spike in the values across a one month period, which is sort of indicative of what the market was doing in September when we're looking at October data. The rental side of it still stayed very tight. Yeah, so 1.4%, not much difference. So slightly up on the month prior. Um, Again, different regions performed um, in different ways. But when we look at rents uh, in Brisbane, we were up 11.4% in rental um, growth in the housing sector by the end of October and in the unit sectors up 6.5%. On the ground? Look, I think we were just yeah, we were just (laughs) commenting that some buyers really were putting forward huge stretch factors, especially under multiple offer. Um, You know, our team as buyers agents, we were often missing out simply because there was always that one buyer that stretched well beyond the rest of the market. There was a lot of buyer fatigue. People simply had had enough, and they were putting forward whatever they could just to secure properties. I I do remember around that time as well, and partway probably slightly before that, we're actually talking about what we would class as a C grade property. And, and even those properties were selling fast. Properties on main roads, near noise overlays, things like that. Um, so the properties that um, probably in a, a normal market um, would, would struggle to sell or you wouldn't get good dollars for it, um, those properties were actually selling quite fast as well. And that brings us to the last um, update that we have, and that is the November uh, data. Now, what we know about November is that Brisbane really cemented its place as the fastest growing capital city market throughout all of Australia. So big celebration for Brisbane and um, congratulations to anyone that got into the market back in January, back in January. and logged in <laughs> um, a lot of that price growth. Uh, for those that haven't yet got into the market, um, I don't yet think it's too late. And in fact, you know, when we look at what actually happened throughout the month of November, Uh, 2.9% overall dwelling growth in Brisbane, still led by the top end of the market. Um, But when we break that down, 3.2% price growth in the housing market across one month. So the median value in the housing sector, 757,194. Remind us, Scott, what was it back in January? And the median back in January was 583. So that's, you know, 757 to 583. So by the end of November, the annual price growth in the housing sector was 27.9% here in Brisbane. Huge. Now let's look at the unit market. Um, 1.1% growth throughout November. Median value, 443,981. What was it in January? 393,177. So the annual price growth in the unit market for Brisbane, 11.4%. So um, not quite... Uh, where the housing market was, um, still not a bad return, um, definitely outperformance in the housing market. And obviously vacancy rates, same same old, same old. Yeah, 1.4%, <laughs> still tight, still some areas tighter than others. Uh, but when we look at rental, uh, rental price growth, 11.7% growth in rents in the housing market, uh, 6.8% growth in the unit market. So we all know that the, the market conditions, you know, remained fairly... Um, consistently a seller's market throughout all of the months of 2021 in Brisbane. Um, We do expect to see uh, the buyers return, especially now the borders are open early in 2022. Whether or not we see new listings and a spike in um, new sellers that do want to offload um, is 
yet to be seen. There are some early reports that um, the agent's activity in terms of uh, listing activity, creating uh, market analysis reports for buyers, which is something that they do typically before they sell, that there has been a spike. So that sometimes comes through as um, a further increase in the number of opportunities that are listed. That remains to be seen because also some people might just want to know how much equity they've got in their property and, um, you know, how much money they can pull out to go Christmas shopping. Who knows? <laughs> so so that that's our wrap for the year. Um, I hope that's been helpful. Some interesting details um, to, to get out of that and see how the market has moved up here in Brisbane. Um, it's It's been great talking to everyone again through the whole year. Um, we will be back again in January to um, continue on as we normally do. Um, I'll give you those weather updates that I get in trouble for all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and and look, I do. we do wish everyone a very Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, stay safe. Um, I hope everything is, goes really well for everyone over the break and everyone does get a break and enjoy their family time. Um, and um, I'll let Melinda wrap it up as we normally do and we'll talk again soon. Thanks very much for listening. Bye for now. Yes, we absolutely want to thank everybody for continuing to support our podcast throughout 2021. Um, and as you know, there's nothing more than um, that I want to say other than I wish everybody a very, very happy Christmas. I hope you get to spend some um, amazing time with friends and family. Um, enjoy the celebrations. Um, enjoy the festivities. And we can't wait to come back and talk to you again throughout 2022. Um, until then, stay safe, stay happy and have fun. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes and of course, tell your friends about us. If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au. Feel free to send in any questions and we will try to answer them in future episodes.